All right, if you do not have your notepad ready, you need to have it ready because Noble Crawford is about to tell you his seven top verticals for direct booking right here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. Throughout the OTAs, it's time to get some more direct bookings. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Calling all real estate investors, especially short-term rental investors, if you are looking to invest your money in owning a short-term rental, but you don't know where to buy, I have a hot tip for you. Kentucky and the Carolinas are a great place. And even with the rising popularity of short-term rentals, these markets continue to thrive. In fact, I'm looking to buy one in these areas as we speak, and I'm going to use Savvy Realty to help me with that transaction. Savvy Realty is an STR-specific real estate brokerage. Not only do they know the best places to buy in the areas that I already mentioned, but their hosts and co-hosts themselves of successful short-term rental properties. They know what it takes to turn a simple property into a big investment without wasting time or resources along the way. Whether you want to flip a house, rent your own home, or turn a brand new property into a profitable business, Savvy Realty and their agents can help you figure out what type of STR investment is right for you. Tyler Kuhn is the founder of Savvy Realty, and he and his team will consider everything from the overall look to the age of the home, the distance to transit hubs, and other major factors that you may not have considered. So if you want to make sure the return on your dollar is maximized as much as possible, then follow the link in the show notes to book your next one-on-one -on -one discovery call with Savvy Realty. Hey, Fearless community, before we get the show started, I want to let you know that you now have the chance to get direct access to me in order to grow and strengthen your short-term rental business. How? The Six Figure Formula Membership. I'm the only one in this space offering this value-packed membership for a stupid, stupid low price of $49 per month, and you get access to me, my podcast guests, you get to be a part of our amazing private community, you get our full A to Z business in a box STR kickstart course, and maybe most exciting, especially for me, you get exclusive discounts that we worked for months to get that no one else is getting out there. Price Labs, AirDNA, NoiseAware, HostAway, and so many more at your fingertips. So become a part of this 6FF movement. Get started today for just $49 a month at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Hey guys, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast where you're listening to me, Kyle Stanley. We're always helping you to conquer the world of short-term rentals. And this week, we're really gearing more towards the midterm and sometimes even long-term because what Noble has for us here today on this podcast is pure fire when it comes to direct booking verticals. And a lot of people think of direct bookings, they think, hey, the guest has already stayed with us and they want to now book directly. Or some think, hey, you know, it's talking to hospitals and getting some nurses to come in and stay. And sometimes it's even insurance. But Noble has seven direct booking verticals that you may not have thought of. And one of them in particular is making him crazy amounts of passive income. 
And that's what I love about this strategy is that it really is truly passive. And in some cases, it's just like mind boggling how much money he's making and, and how he's teaching his students too. So if you're serious about getting started with this, we're going to talk about it a few different times during the podcast on how you can get connected with Noble. But let's go ahead and listen to the seven top direct booking verticals with Noble Crawford. Hey guys, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. Uh, and I cannot wait for this episode. Just a little bit of background. Noble was on our podcast in April of 21. It's been too long, Noble. Luckily, I get to talk to you on, on an almost weekly basis, but we finally got you back on the show here. If you want to hear Noble's story, and he's got an amazing one, especially one kind of, I think, is similar to a lot of people, right? You just get fed up with the corporate world, but his was even deeper than that because it was literally wife was about to, I mean, you, you weren't even sure if your wife was going to survive. And I've had, you know, the awesome privilege between now and that last podcast of meeting Elkie and she's awesome, but I mean, just an amazing story. So go check that out on the podcast. April of 21 was when we first did that, but today we're talking about the top seven direct booking verticals and Noble is a king at getting direct booking. So Noble, Welcome in, man. Excited to have you on. Hey, Kyle, man. I super appreciate it, man. Super happy to be here. Awesome. So, Noble, what's your favorite? You know, usually we like to ask what's the craziest Airbnb story, but what's your favorite direct booking vertical? Let's get started with that. Oh, man. You already know, man. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it's the government, man. And, and the reason being, you know, it's easy to forecast, it's high occupancy, it's like 100% occupancy, it's guaranteed revenue. Uh, so for all those reasons, government, government contract. So I remember standing up on stage with you at, at SCR Wealth Conference, and I can almost word for word remember you said, those of you that want to build $65,000 of guaranteed, recurring, reliable, passive income every single month, raise your hand. And everyone was like, well, duh, I want to I do that. And you were talking about government bookings, right? Like that was essentially what you were hinting at. That's how you're getting that recurring revenue, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was, that was a powerful thing to say in front of over a thousand people, man, but I've seen it too. And I've seen you talk about it a lot, but first of all, cause you have how many properties now? A uh, 42. And how many of those are on Airbnb? Three. Yeah. Okay. So guys, three of 42 properties on Airbnb, Noble has completely stopped relying on OTAs to get his booking. So how did that start to happen? Did you start with Airbnb or did you know about these direct booking verticals in the beginning? Like where, where did that come from? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone that is um, looking to do direct bookings, understand like first and foremost, more often than not, you're going to start with a platform, Airbnb or any other, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're just getting started in a business. So there is a, uh, what happens is, as you begin to, it's, it's kind of like this pendulum, right? So you start heavily weighted on Airbnb in the beginning, right? Or whatever platform or OTAs. And then as you start to build your direct bookings, the pendulum starts to shift. And, it's, and, and over time, it come, becomes more heavily weighted in favor of direct bookings. So it was no different in our case, right? When we started this business, you know, we weren't thinking about, hey, let's start with direct bookings. We start just like everyone else with Airbnb, adding Verbo, booking.com, you know, things like that, right? And so in our journey, at one point, I had this light bulb moment um, because of my previous W-2, I used to sell into these verticals, right? Mm. And so then I had this light bulb moment, like, why am I not doing this for short-term rentals? It's just a different product or service. And then once we started doing that, it was just up and to the right. So 
that that's pretty cool because you actually had this background before. Do you think you would have had that aha moment had you not already been kind of in that industry? You know, I don't know that I would have really, mm -hmm. uh, to be honest. I, um, you know, it's very, uh, you know, for some of us that have been in a direct booking space, and I think uh, you you had Jesse Vasquez on not too long ago, his background in medical helped right. him kind of, you know, get started on that side, right? And so, um, so it's very similar experience for me. That's awesome. Okay, um, so let's dive right into it. We've talked about government booking, and I think we're going to probably spend a, a decent amount of time talking about that. But what are the six other top verticals that you're using to to fill up your calendars with direct bookings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we can do a couple of them. We can dive deep on a couple of them for sure. Yeah, but, um, no, I'm excited. So in no particular order, right? But just right off top, um, of course, corporate. You know, like Jesse was talking about health healthcare, higher education right? Re relocation, insurance and disaster relief. And then of course, government, which could be local, state and federal. So those cool. are the, those are the top ones. So tell me a little bit more about a, a government kind of direct booking. Like who is that person and how are you getting those? Yeah. So with all of these uh, direct book verticals, first of all, I understand they're all business to business, right? So mm -hmm. we're not really going after the end user, the guest, the consumer, right? We're going after the organization, the entity, the, you know, the company, the things like that, right? So from, so government is no different, right? Um, so in the government space, there are different federal agencies, okay? And these different federal agencies have different departments, okay? And those different departments have needs for uh, lodging and accommodations for a variety of different reasons. And those needs could be very, very small. They could be like a few days and they could also be extended amounts of time, like multiple years, like five, six, seven years. Right. And so, so once you understand, like, how do I find out what department has a need and what agency in that department has a need, um, then it's just a matter of finding out who the contact person is that you need to reach out to, understanding what their needs are, building that relationship, finding out what the scope is, you know, for this particular contract that they're, you know, they put out there and positioning your entity or your brand to be able to fulfill that need. Um, so that's kind of a high level of view. So when you say finding an apartment that has a need, how would I even start with trying to find an apartment that has a need? Yeah, great question. Great. So, so first and foremost, like, just uh, as from a government perspective, like out of the gate, there's some like prerequisites, right? So there's some things that you need to have in place for your entity, for your business to be even in a position to go find these opportunities, go after them, right? And so first and foremost, uh, just to knock a couple of those out of the way, you need to have your entity registered to even do business with the federal government, okay? You, you, you can't get around that piece. Well, one caveat, you can get around that. We can get into that later. But for the most part, you need to have your entity registered to do business with the federal government. Now, in order to do that, there are some business one-on-one things that you need to take care of, right? Just like any other business, you need to um, you need to make sure that your entity is set up correctly, right? Make sure that your your name, address, your 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 business uh, website, your, e your professional email address, your phone number, you need to make sure that all of that stuff is done correctly. And then everywhere that that information is shown, both online and offline, uh, that it matches, right? Because when you get ready to start going through the registration process to add your entity as a vendor with the federal government, they're going to look at it. They're going to look into it, right? It needs to match everywhere that they pull it up. So if you have 
you know, an old address with the IRS and a different one with Dun and Bradstreet, yeah, that's not good. So make sure that everything lines up. So the first and foremost is make sure all of your business stuff is correct and you're not using a home address, a PO box or anything like that. You know, go with a DaVinci or a Regis or some type of service. You have a professional email. So not at a Gmail, but at your URL, you know, so, some business one-on-one stuff. So make sure all of that stuff lines up and it matches everywhere. And then you can start going through the process of registering your entity. So that's first thing out of the gate. Okay. So I'm already like listening to this right now. I'm tuning in and I'm hearing, wow, this sounds like a lot more work than just putting my property up on Airbnb. So I guess taking a step back, why would I want to do this? Well, all the issues that people are going through right now with complaining about occupancy, complaining about rates, yada, yada, you're, you're not even having that conversation. Like that's not even in your business model because you're like, I'm playing a different game. Tell me a typical government contract and how that compares to maybe some comps in your area for maybe like an Airbnb. And then tell me about the best contract that you've ever got. Got it. Well, bro, first of all, man, you're spot on, right? So, you know, I play in what, what I, what I, what I call and what Russell Brunson terms is uh kind of blue ocean strategy. Right. Yeah. And so in the, with this business model, we're not really going after the same guests, you know, the same transit guests that everybody that is listening through Airbnb and verbal and stuff are going after. We're going after a totally different guest. And so that 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 same customer profile that everybody's going after through the OTAs, you know, that's like meat in the water and the sharks are go, all going after and creating this red ocean. Well, we're playing in a very blue ocean. So it's a very open space, tons and tons of opportunity. Right. Yeah. So um, so it, it's just like you described. But what was the second part of your question? What's been a typical government contract? And let's compare that like to what someone might get on. Like, all right, I got a government contract for 5,000 and most people in my Airbnb market are getting like 3,000 for a typical month. And then what's the best contract that you've ever got? Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so great question. So the beautiful thing is, is there, I, I wouldn't say that there's one that's really typical per se, but here's a good way to kind of find out what you can command in your area, right? So the government will play, pay a lodging per diem yeah. based on your zip code or your, your region, right? And so you can, you can really Google that. You can just Google like GSA lodging per diem and put in your zip code or your city or whatever. And it'll tell you like what the nightly rate is that they'll pay up to. Okay. Um, and so like here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, like it's been 167 for the longest. I think it just changed recently, but 167, right? And so, you know, so what we know is that every night we can command up to $167 per night for that rate. Now here, and, and that's seven days a week, okay? So the beautiful thing is like, Yes, you know, a lot of times people get booked for hire on the weekends. This is a very consistent, right? Yeah. Um, and it is a hundred percent occupancy, right? So, so one sixty-seven a night, and I'll just go right into the case study. So, our our biggest one, our greatest one, is an opportunity we landed where we are um, hosting pilots and mechanics that are coming in for recertification, right? Mm -hmm. And and so these me these mechanics will come in on two week intervals, and the pilots will come in on thirty day intervals. Okay. And so what we knew because we knew the GSA rate in our area. Is 167. When you do the math times 30 nights, that's uh, $5,010. Okay. So, what we were doing was we took our mechanics because they were staying in two week intervals and we put them in two bedroom units. So, we put our pilots because they were staying longer in one bedroom units. And so, for the pilots, those one bedrooms are rents like 1480 something like that, you know, and then the expenses right around 1600 bucks all in. And but we were charging $5,010 a night. So, it's a heavy, hefty profit margin, right? Very, very nice, right? And so, so you're saying, just, just stopping for saying 5K for a one bedroom. 
Mm-hmm. One bedroom apartment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And, and, and so, but here's the beautiful thing. So the two bedrooms, because the mechanics were staying in two week intervals, we were doubling them up. So the two bed, two baths, we were putting two mechanics in there, right? At the same time. And so that uh 167 a night doubled, right? So then it was 167 times two. And then that 5,010 a month became 10,020 a month on a $2,000 a month, two bedroom. Jeez. So yeah, it, that's, it's, that's the crazy thing, right? Like you're talking about per bedroom, not per house, like 167, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm willing to bet like a two bedroom house is probably getting 130 to 150 a night on Airbnb. Is that, am I in the right neighborhood? Yeah. And de- depending, but, but probably yeah. I would say between one, 130 and, and, and 180 on a, on a yeah. two bedroom house. And these are two bedroom, two bath, two bath apartments. Yeah. Right. And you're talking about just the bedroom is commanding 167. And if it has a second bedroom, another 167, that's crazy. Yeah. And so the beautiful thing is like, here's the, here's the kicker. So our competitors in this space are typically like extended stay properties, right? But our product is better for one. And then if you put those guys in a double in an extended stay where there's two double beds, right? They can't, the hotel cannot charge that because it's a single door, right? Wow. It's a single okay. door, single restroom. But in our two bed, two bath, we can command double that for each person. Nice. So, yeah, so it's crazy. And then the, the, the last thing is we are three years in of a six-year contract. Wow. Yeah. So that's the beautiful thing about, you know, the government plays like these things can last for an extended period of time. So you're saying $2,000 of rent for that property, right? And you're bringing in what is $10,000? Yep. So let's say after your utilities and everything, maybe another 500 bucks. So you're essentially netting on one property, $7,500 ish per month for six years. Absolutely. And we have multiple of each, right? So we have uh, five one bedrooms and four two bedrooms. So we're, we're grossing 65K a month just in that one community, just on that one opportunity. Is there any overhead I'm missing? Like, do you have, because these people are, are there for six years, are you sending in people once a month to check on the property? Like, is there anything else that goes into that? Yeah. So the, the, what, what happens is, our processes and systems are not too different than the typical host, right? So the only difference is the cadence of our turns is quite a bit slower. You know, our cleaners are in there, you know, once or twice a month because mm-hmm. the turns are happening more, less frequently, right? Um, but everything else is is essentially the same. We, we do a turn just like every host does. You know, we run linen just like every host does. We restock just, everything's the same. It's just the cadence is a lot slower. And so wear and tear is also a lot slower. Also, mm-hmm. right. And so that's the only difference, really. It's just everything happens at a, at, a, at a slower pace. All right. Listen up. If you are not using Price Labs, you are literally throwing money in the trash. Dynamic pricing is a must in our industry. If you don't know what that is, dynamic pricing is just a fancy term for supply and demand pricing. When demand is high, Price Labs will get you high price bookings. And when demand is low, it will fill up your calendar while the competition overprices themselves and leaves everything vacant. I was dumb in the beginning of my short-term rental journey. I thought I could do it all without Price Labs. So one day I just said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm gonna try this thing out. And immediately my income went up 15 to 20% on my listings. I really was kicking myself. I should have been using this from the beginning. So don't make the same mistake as me. Get started with your free 30-day trial at fearlesskyle.com forward slash Price Labs. Or even better, how about getting 25% off your first six months as a thank you for being a part of the STR six-figure formula membership? 
That's right. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to become a member and claim that discount today. Okay. Guys, if, if you're getting excited about even just this one, uh, there's again, another six that we haven't even dove into, but Noble is teaching this to his mastermind all the time. He's doing group coaching and showing you guys exactly how to do this model. Uh, if you want to go over to fearlesskyle.com forward slash pick your coach, you can see Noble and all of our other coaches that we recommend. Noble's one of seven coaches that we think is just killing it in the space. Uh, and, and you're the only one that I know about Noble that does you know, this vertical, I don't know of anyone else. Uh, so th this is so exciting and eye-opening for a lot of people. Can you talk about maybe a student or two that has jumped in and, and done this that, you know, I think the biggest thing right now, a lot of people are probably like, well, he has the background, he had the connection. So this was really easy. It was natural for him. I don't yeah. have that. Right. But there's students I'm sure that you have that didn't have that background. Yeah. So, and I will, you know, to you, the points that you were making earlier, like, I, I likely wouldn't have gone this direction had I not had a, the background that I had, right? But the reality is, is that with, um, specifically with the, with the government vertical anyway, with the government vertical, and, and what I always tell people is that once you understand like the process of like uh, federal procurement, it is something that you can apply to literally almost any business model, like mm -hmm. literally almost any business model. And so the government has contracts for just about everything you can imagine. The government has contracts for hairstylists. Okay. So like all the way down to like almost anything you can imagine, wow. there's probably contracts available for it. Right. So when you learn, um, when you learn this really kind of a skill set, really, but when you learn it, you can take it with you and you can apply it going forward in just about any entrepreneurial endeavor that you get into. Right. Mm. But it does require front end work, right? You have to put the work in on the front end. Okay, to 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 get results, and so uh, so some of the things that I mentioned, and some of the things that I uh, and and, I, and I'll get into one of my students here in a minute, but some of the things that I mentioned, you know, as far as like getting the business one on one stuff done, you got to make sure that you you understand what your next code is. You need to have a business, I'm sorry, capability statement, right, and a pitch deck, right. You need to be in a position where your entity is is bondable, right. Uh, sometimes you'll have to put up a bond, a surety bond, right. So you'll need to be in a position for that, right. And then of course. You need to know where to find these opportunities, how to go after them, different things like that. And then you need to understand the relationship building piece. So this is not diff too different than most verticals. It's built on the relationships and the follow-up. Those are two key things. Like if you don't get those done, like you're dead in the water, right? So uh, one of my students, we're actively working on opportunity right now, okay? And this one is... And I can tell, but I can tell everyone because it it's too late for anybody else to get in on it. But this one, <laughs> um, this one is in Alabama. And okay. so alcohol, tobacco, and firearms is gonna be doing some training out there on a, at a base. Okay. And this is gonna be some weapons training and some other stuff. So, but this training is going to happen over several years. And there'll be thousands and thousands of people coming through. And so they uh had put out some some time ago, they had put out what is uh, well, basically an RFI, a request for information, of course, for a proposal type of situation. And what they are looking for, they're looking for literally hundreds and hundreds of doors. So the training is going to be 50 to 70 people coming through at a time for this training. OK, and they're going to be overlapped. So there could be six or seven concurrent trainings happen simultaneously with 50 to 70 in each group. Okay? Wow. Right. So they want doors for each individual. So that's upwards of 350 to 400 something doors a wow. week. OK, wow. now part of that opportunity, 
said that these doors or these accommodations need to be available within a certain radius of the location that this training is happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So the student I'm working with, so here's what we ended up doing. We responded to the, um, you know, to the RFI or whatever, but um, what we did was we did a couple of things. One, we went out and we looked at other apartment communities that were in that mile radius, because what we knew was there was not enough hotel room, enough lodging space inside of the radius to accommodate that many people. OK, right. so we went out and we found apartment communities, some of them even newer developments that were within that radius. Right. Um, so that we could accommodate as many doors as possible. OK, so that was one thing. And that's one one strategy. So understand for people listening, especially with the government stuff, you're not necessarily going to find every opportunity in your backyard with your existing inventory. Sometimes you can, but sometimes you're going after the opportunity and you're mm-hmm. going to just use the arbitrage model to scale and get as, as many doors as possible. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so that's one, I'm going to give you a little gem. I don't talk about this publicly. Right. But it is a thing. Right. So the other opportunity that we're going to pursue is hotel room brokering. Okay. okay. So n- nobody talks about this. This is a thing. So you can actually, uh, your, your entity can broker a set amount of rooms with a hotel on a negotiated rate. And then you can turn around and resell those. Boom. Okay. Arbitraging hotels. You kidding me? Yes. Yes. And so for the government, you can do that as well. Right. So if you're in a situation where you can't arbitrage apartments or other things, you can still run the play. You're just doing it with the hotel room. So anyway, so we're in this running for these doors. Now, the reality is there weren't enough people bidding to fulfill the need. Okay. Mm. And worst case scenario, if you land 50, because it's a 50 door minimum. So any partner that comes in has to be able to do a minimum of 50 doors. If you land 50 and you know the GSA rate in there, and I, I don't want to say it was like one, 150 something a night um, at the time when we looked it up. And on a multi year contract, that is a stupid amount of revenue, much, much greater than what I'm doing, like 10x wow. what I'm doing. Wow. Right. So those types of opportunities are available. Once you know how to go find them, once you know how to engage with the uh, contracting officer, that's the key person that's involved in a government contract over anyone else, the contracting officer, right? So you know how to find the contracting officer, build a relationship, position your product or service to fulfill their need, and it's game on. So let me make sure I understand this. So this student in particular, they found the opportunity, and then they said, hey, I'm going to go find the doors to fulfill this opportunity. And if the door amount that the government's giving is 150, if they can negotiate with a hotel, hey, I want to get that at $75 a night, right? I'm making $75 per night because I found the opportunity. I found the essentially it's the opposite of what we do in short-term rentals, right? It's finding the property and then get it booked. You're essentially, hey, I can get this booked, but I got to go now find the property. Yeah, you're basically um so with the hotel brokering piece and 75 a night like that, like if you can negotiate that, like that's spot on, right? <laughs> but I would say like more conservatively, you know, maybe it's a hundred dollars a night, maybe right. it's 110 or 20. But here's the thing, hotels have their own housekeeping. They they yeah, they, they don't you know have what I'm saying? Open. You yes, yeah. right. So then then you don't have that extra, you know, burden and expense of turning, right? Yeah. And making sure that everything is what it should be and, and things like that. And so, so yeah, it depends on the threshold is based on what you can negotiate and, you know, the ceiling that you can charge. That's awesome, man. Wow. So, you know, what, what questions have I not asked about direct booking for government side of things? Well, the, the main question I get is how to get started, right? And we kind of walk through some of that. Um, but then how much can I make? 
Right. That's yeah. a very common question. Um, and I think yeah, I just, you know, gave you a couple of examples. Um, and it, it varies. It varies between the size of the deal, the length of the deal, you know, the, the number of doors that they need, things like that. Um, another question that I get is, um, you know, how long does it take? How long does it take for me to yeah. get a government contract? It's a very Absolutely. common question, right? And so it depends, okay? And it depends on a couple of things. So if you have a seasoned entity and you check all the boxes that I described earlier, right? And you're you're in good shape, your thing's ready to go, you're ready to go apply. I've seen people get through the application process in less than 30 days, right? Everything wow. was in order, checked out, boom, boom, boom. They're through the application process, they get registered, boom. You can immediately start looking at opportunities and going after deals. So that is definitely possible. However, I've seen people who did have everything in order. They decided to go try to register with Sam on their own. And mm. six months later, they're frustrated because they haven't finished their Sam registration because it keeps getting kicked back to them because they didn't have everything in order. Okay. Right. So it really kind of depends on, you know, how in shape your business is and how, how uh, you know, how quickly you can get some of those prerequisites knocked out to get through that process. Once you're in the the vendor database for the government, you're in, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's something you do one time, right? And then you don't have to worry about it. You know, you don't have to redo it. And so, so that's the beautiful part. Yeah, guys, again, if this is something that you're serious about and you see the opportunity here, like do not try to go do this on your own. I've been in rooms where Noble is doing presentations on this and in an hour, people are like, they're stoked, but they're also like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a lot of work. And that's the fact of the matter here is that like, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, <laughs> right? So Noble, Noble's got this thing down. So if you're ready to jump into this vertical and you're saying, I'm, I'm done with relying on OTAs, I want to learn from Noble. Again, fearlesskyle.com forward slash pick your coach. Um, we got some questions coming in here as well, Noble. So excited for uh, our six-figure formula students getting these questions in that uh, we're going to be able to ask these here in a bit. But um, how about... Uh, another vertical or two that you get a majority of your booking or, you know, at least a lot of your bookings from that you really uh, like to talk about? Yeah. So there's a couple of them. One that I really like is uh, the relocation space. Right. right. So, and I like that because I'm in Texas for one. And so we've had like over the past number of years, we had a bunch of people like migrate to Texas, especially the Dallas Fort Worth area. So it's been fruitful for us. But the key to that is again, it gets back to relationships, relationships and follow up. Right. So the first part is building the relationships. Right. So who do you do that with? You know, how do you do it? This, that and the other. Right. So relocation agencies, um, those are one uh, relocation specialists. So real estate agents that specialize in relocation. And typically there's a, a certification. It's the CRP certified relocation professional that, uh, you know, that has that designation behind their name. Um, those are the people that you want to connect with. So uh, for folks that are watching or listening, if you go to, let me do this in real time because I want to make sure I don't mess it up. So yes. if you were like Google, if you Googled global mobility solutions. And no, well, while you're looking that up, let me just make sure like relocation is essentially like, hey, my house burned down, my house flooded and insurance is picking it up for me. Or is, are you talking about something different? So different. So um, not so much insurance, but relocation where people are moving because of jobs. Oh, okay. The there you area. go. Yeah. Got it. So, so okay. they're relocating because of work typically. Okay. Cool. Um, and so, um, so if you Google like global mobility solutions, um, it'll should pop up uh, the website, gmsmobility.com. So if you click on that, I'm doing this in real time as I'm talking. So yeah. you click on that. Um, if you go to the, uh, let's see, knowledge base at the top is the link. And then under that is blog. Uh, if you click on that 
And then it'll take you to like this page that says explore our knowledge base and there's a search tab. So if you put in like uh, in that search where it says search our blogs and put in relocation assistance, I think is what I did. Did you say gmsmobility.com? Yep, gmsmobility.com, knowledge base link at the top, then the blog subheader under that. And then when you get to the blog page, then you you type in uh, relocation assistance. Now, if, you, if you're following along with me and you do it, you'll get the search results. The one on the far left will say how to ask for relocation assistance. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm backdoor navigating to another link. So just stay, stay with me. So yeah. click on that, how to ask for relocation assistance, and it'll take you to this specific blog page. And as you scroll down, you will get, uh, hold on a second. Oh, it's relocation associations. That's what, that's what I typed in relocation associations. So when you type in relocation associations, it will take you to the right blog post. So not relocation assistance, relocation associations. So type in that. And then once you type in that relocation, that's where you're going to start finding these relocation specialists. Yep. So in that one where it says relocation associations and memberships and the social results, that's the one I was looking for. Relocation association memberships, that blog, if you scroll down where it says the worldwide um, employee relocation council, that's what I was trying to get to. The Worldwide Employee Relocation Council, Worldwide ERC. There's a link there, a blue link. You can click it and it'll take you to the page I was trying to navigate to, which is the worldwideerc.org. Okay. Now, if you're on that page, worldwideerc.org, you can scroll all the way down to the very bottom and you'll see a directory link in the bottom footer. You want to click on that directory link. Okay. Then it's going to take you to a page that is going to show you mobility relocation services, real estate brokerage firms, and relocation appraisers. You want the real estate brokerage firms, the one in the middle. You'll see a picture with a house. Then you click on that one. Then it's going to tell you how you can filter by your state, city, region, whatever, right? So for me, I got to filter by, so first put in the United States, then I'm going to go to Texas, and then I'm going to leave the city open. But on the bottom, you can you can filter by uh, specialty. So there's a box to check certified relocation professional, that's CRP. So I'm going to check that box. Then I'm going to hit search. And then it spits out, I don't know how many, a lot of different relocation specialists. Okay. Wow. These are the people that you want to contact and that you want to build a relationship with because their clients are looking for accommodations. They're relocating to the space. They're typically sending them to, hey, XYZ apartment or this empty rental house. They not, they're not really accustomed to, hey, we've got all these great short-term rental mm-hmm. you know, products that we can send our clients to that are well furnished, you know, you know, uh, uh, outfitted with the right amenities, things like that. These are the people that you want to contact and build a relationship with and make sure you follow up with them. Um, we get fed off of this just one te- technique, multiple doors, right? And these people are coming for one, two, three, four, sometimes five months. Right. Yeah. And so so that's just one relocation. And so a real quick case study on a relocation and how we kind of jumped into it. Right. So there was a big financial services firm. The whole company was the headquarters was based in California. Okay. And uh, so they were moving their entire headquarters to uh, North Texas and to Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so through a relocation specialist, we found out about this opportunity. And literally over the course of two years, we housed over 80 families. 80 families over two years, straight relocation. That was it. And we went and arbitraged those doors to make, to, you know, to make that happen. And so, um, so relocation is is one of my favorites. That's awesome, man. All right. Well, 
had I known you were going to be showing that much on your screen, I would have actually shared my screen. So now we're going to, I'm going to have you do that over again so that the six figure formula students can see that. Uh, so if you guys are listening to this on recording or you're watching on the recording, you need to be a part of the six figure formula because we've got all these students that are going to be able to ask noble questions as soon as we get off here on the podcast fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to come join in. And we're going to go through that process one more time. But here is the big thing. Like, Noble, I love your business model. If I could turn back the clock and not have to do this with 60 plus properties, I would start with one property and I would do this from the beginning and start and start growing out my business that way. And like you said, bringing in Airbnb to kind of fill in those gaps or if, if a property doesn't make sense for, for this, why, you know, let me ask you that. Why wouldn't a property make sense for this? You've got three on Airbnb. Why wouldn't you just have those properties trying to get these types of direct bookings as well? Yeah. Good question. Good question. So the three that we have that we left on the platforms on the OTAs are really destination traveler locations. So those particular ones are near Dallas Cowboys stadium, which is also right next to the Texas Rangers baseball stadium, which is also right next to the six flags of America theme park, which is also right next to hurricane Harper water park. So there's a, yeah, yeah. it's an entertainment district. Sure. And we're yeah. And so even though that city has regulations, we're inside of the entertainment zone, which allows us to do STRs and they stay booked because of all that activity in the area. So it just made sense to just leave those. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. All right. So guys, again, if you're ready to get started with Noble, just go over to fearlesscow.com forward slash pick your coach, get started with him. Uh, turn your business from a Airbnb business into a uh, midterm rental business, or even some of these are long-term, which is awesome. So stoked for what you're doing, Noble. Stoked for all the people that you're helping out. Um, any last words that you want to share with anyone uh, that might be considering coming into your ecosystem and doing these kinds of bookings? Yeah, real quick, Kyle, man. So the time to really get started with direct bookings is yesterday, right? Yeah. Because the reality is, is that, you know, these markets, the regulations are going to continue to happen. We don't worry about those, right? Because we're 30 day plus. Airbnb's algorithm is going to continue to update, change. It's going to continue to be problematic. This is not the first time and it's not the yeah. last time. It will happen again, right? And then also seasonality is not going to change. There will always be ebbs and flows and, you know, with just normal seasonality. So, you know, if if, if you want to be in a position where you can ride through those uh, those storms later, then direct bookings, specifically B2B stuff, um, which is really not that difficult to come by, is the way to go. And the time to really start building that so the, the pendulum shift can start to happen is today, right? So the next problem that happens or the next issue that you face is no longer an issue because you're doing 30-day plus bookings. You're awesome, Noble. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this. Noble, thank you so much for jumping in and helping us to conquer the world of short-term rentals. You're the man. Thank you, Kyle. All right, y'all. You've been told exactly where to go if you're ready to get started with Noble, fearlesskyle.com forward slash pick your coach. And then we stayed on with our group for another about 20 minutes afterward. Noble showed us that exact path into that website and how long that list was of relocation specialists. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. So if you are wanting to have direct conversations and ask your questions to Noble, just like our six-figure formula students, then you want to go ahead and join that six-figure formula crowd. And that is, again, just fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. I developed it just for this kind of reason, because I want you guys to have 
the best access to the best people in the industry. So go check it out. That's it today for the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer the world of short-term rentals. We'll see you next time. Hey, Fearless Investor community. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Dot com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.